I'm not happy. I'm not. I am hurt and I am insulted and I am offended and I am disappointed. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's like, hold on, I'm going to stop yelling. I'm going to grab a chair and sit down for this because this sounds like something's about to go down. And, and that is the truth. I'm not afraid to say how I feel or air my grievances here. Uh, because I truly believe that my intentions are pure and I want to gain something positive out of it and set things straight. So that's what I'm going to do. This is the Weekly Squeeze. I am Hanala. Welcome to the show. And here we go. So I got a message today on Instagram from a girl that I know forever, a Lubavitch girl. Her grandmother is Rebetzinhecht. Rebetzinhecht was the owner, the director, the creator the matriarch of Camp Amuna, her and her husband, Rabbi J.J. Hecht, created Camp Amuna, the camp that I went to as a kid, the camp that I went to as a teen, the camp that I went to as a counselor, and as staff. Now, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but earlier this week, I received a video clip from someone who had been in Camp Amuna and showed me the teen camp girls, the girls that are about 13 and 14, singing one of my songs. Now, the song I'm talking about is Compass. Compass is one of the very few songs over the years that I have covered that I did not write the melody to and half of the lyrics. So I came across a song. I thought to myself, wow, this is a super cool song that's also super shallow and meaningless. Let me see if I can rewrite it so that it supports a positive message that can inspire people to do good things. At the time when I created this song, I was not yet arranging my own music. I was not yet capable of writing sheet music or writing scores or having musicians come to my house to create the musical ideas in my head. And unfortunately, I had to rely from time to time on outsourcing music so that I could have fresh material, you know, when need be. So at that time, my cousin Tsviki was in a coma. He had just been in a terrible ATV accident. He hit his head. Unfortunately, he did pass away last summer after many years of being unresponsive. But at the time, we were in full crisis mode as a family, and I wanted to contribute something as a singer, as somebody who had, uh, you know, some sort of influence out in the world that could inspire people to do good things with him in mind for his refuah shalema. And I created a music video where I requested that girls from around the world send me signs with the lyrics of the song. Now, the song that I'm talking about is a Lady Antebellum song called Compass. I'm looking at the original lyrics right here. They're in front of me because I haven't opened them up in many years. I, don't, I really don't listen to secular music anymore. I'm not even sure how this song came my way, but it did. And I would say I rewrote 50% of the lyrics, maybe even more. So I rewrote the lyrics, re-sang them, um, created a music video where I invited girls from around the world to share you know, pictures of themselves holding the lyrics in front of them so that as the video plays, the message of the song comes across. And then at the end, I wrote hashtag um, mitzvah for Tzviki. And that was my contribution to his refuah. I encouraged people to do more mitzvahs in his memory. So a few weeks ago, oh, I'm sorry, last week, I got a video from somebody who was in Camp Amuna and they showed me the girls singing compass on top of their lungs and having a grand old time in a beautiful, wholesome setting, girls only, inspired and excited. I mean, what else could a camp ask for? What else could I ask for? So this morning when I woke up, I was really surprised to get a message that apparently somebody told the camp that the song Compass by Hanala is a Gaiish song 
and that it has to be canceled. So they canceled the song. They canceled the song. Now, imagine, I, I don't even want to imagine, actually, how that went down. Did they make an announcement? Attention, attention, I'll mention. The song Compass by Hanala has a Gaish source, so it's canceled and we can't listen to it anymore. Um, did they just, you know, was it assumed when they stopped playing it? I'm trying to understand how this possibly could have been done respectfully, um, considering that, number one, I'm a Lubavitch singer. Number two, 99.9% of my music is original and composed by me, uh, Nuts and Bolts. Uh, number three, I'm a Campamuna alumni on every level. I mean, the fact that I went through the entire camp system should be enough for them to say, you know what? Hanala's, you know, she, she's one of us, and we're comfortable with this because we trust her. And we trust her that if she chose this song and she rewrote it and re-sang it, it's appropriate for the girls in our camp. But clearly that level of trust is either not there or they just over, overwrote it. So what is the difference between that song or I Am The Land? Both beady, both rocky, both just a string of musical notes put together and a, a concept of ideas thrown on top of it, and voila, you have a song. I mean, what did they think took place when I was writing any of these other songs that I have written over the years that didn't take place when I was writing and re-recording Compass? Like, how does Compass suddenly have Toma all over it? Or how is it inappropriate now? Because it's originally a secular country song, as are so many Jewish songs, if not the actual lyrics and the melody, then just the stylings of it, the arrangement of it, all of it is influenced by secular Western music. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. So canceling the song, I, I find ridiculous, unnecessary. It's hurtful to me as somebody that I thought had garnered enough trust in the Jewish music business um, so that, you know, if you see your campers excited singing a song that they don't know is a Gaish song, that they just believe is a song that Hanala sings and they're excited about it and they're, you know, they're moved by it. And to cancel that, do you have any idea how much damage that does? I mean, do you have any idea the long-term repercussions of taking a song away from girls that they are singing with pure intention and enthusiasm? I mean, I, I'm, my mind is blown. I'm very, very disappointed. So, if you guys are listening to this in Campamuna, may I suggest you tune in to the podcast that I did with Bodies and Souls about what Jewish music is and what it isn't and how important it is to understand the difference before you start canceling Hanula in Campamuna. That's right. All right. As you know, I am in the process of sharing a series of podcasts, women-led, women-created, women-hosted podcasts, including Be Impactful, from Rifki Itzkowitz. The link is in my show notes. Let it roll. Hey, lovely. My name is Rifki Itzkowitz. I'm the creative director of Impact Fashion, a line of modest clothes available in sizes 2 through 24. And I'm also the host of the Be Impactful podcast, where I get the opportunity to talk with women of all types and stripes, making a difference in their own corners of the world. When I first started my company, there was someone who actually I really looked up to. I was perusing her Instagram page and her photos always look so polished. And I was like, I want to have a company like hers. And then I actually met her in person. And turns out that she was improvising just as much as I was. And 
And too often we fall into that trap. We get preoccupied with what everyone else around us is doing that we fail to recognize the greatness in ourselves. I believe that by sharing our struggles, journeys, and how we got to where we are, we bring everyone a little closer to feeling better in our collective skin. Together with my guests, some of whom you've definitely heard of and others you probably haven't, we do that deep dive into success, failure, and the journey to becoming our own person. Join us wherever you're listening to this podcast as we discover what it means to be impactful. All right. Speaking of impactful or bracing for impact, I should say, Israel has closed roads and train lines around Gaza for the third day in a row following the arrest of an Islamic jihad terrorist in Janine. One terrorist was eliminated and one terrorist was arrested. And now there's reason to believe that Hamas will try to retaliate with some sort of revenge attack because they're terrorists. And when terrorists get caught being terrorists, they follow up their terrorist activity with more terrorist activity. Now, if there is some sort of tension this weekend, you will not be able to blame left-wing Prime Minister Yair Lapid because he's going to be on vacation. He is going up north uh, from Thursday to Sunday, including Tisha B'Av with his family. I guess he did not get the memo that the Western Wall is where all the action is on Tisha B'Av. I mean, he hasn't visited the Western Wall yet, which is not a great look for the Israeli Prime Minister, no matter what party you're in, and going up north for a family vacation that started off in Madrid, might I add. He's been in Madrid. He came home for a couple of hours yesterday. I guess he checked his inbox, and then he drove up north for Tisha B'Av festivities. Another thing that Israel can celebrate this week is a contract that they signed for a permanent Israeli embassy in Morocco. I was not aware that Morocco did not have an Israeli embassy, but they officially have begun construction for an embassy that cost $4 million, which is interesting considering there are only 4,000 Jews in Morocco altogether and 17 million people who hate them. That's roughly half of the people who live in Morocco, by the way. Now, once upon a time, King Mohammed V of Morocco responded to the Vichy government of France in their request to turn over Jewish citizens. There are no Jews in Morocco. There are only Moroccan citizens. In 2021, Morocco was the second Arab country to promote combating anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism. I don't know what the first one was. Safe to say it wasn't Iran. But in any case, they are making an effort for peace. I went to school in Montreal. We had a lot of Moroccans in our class. I love Moroccans. I have no issue with Moroccan food. I hope one day to go to Morocco. I was actually working on securing a concert there for the Shluchim's daughter's bas mitzvah. But with the whole coronavirus and all that jazz, it didn't come into fruition. But God willing, I should be able to go there safe and sound with my Israeli passport and be able to drop into the Israeli embassy if I need something like a snack from the vending machine or a cafe afuch, which is some amazing Israeli customer service, you know. So for $4 million, you always have a place to go to the bathroom in Morocco if you're traveling. Now, you don't have to go all the way to Morocco to find people who hate you. You can go to Texas where my sister and brother-in-law live. Apparently, the Islamic Education Center of Houston uploaded a video of Iranian children in Texas singing a song titled Salute Commander, which pledges allegiance to leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. Um, it was posted on Islamic TV YouTube channel on July 27th. It was later taken down, but the internet never forgets. They say everything is bigger in Texas. Well, clearly that includes 
the problem with terrorism. Now, if you're going to try to defend this as just, you know, cultural differences, they're celebrating their tradition and their Muslim values, I'm going to use a Texas uh, phrase to describe these Iranian Texans. They're as friendly as fire ants. That's a real quote. And I sympathize with America. It's not like they have a (laughs) a government that's capable of doing anything about it. I mean, we have a president. He probably doesn't even have COVID again. He's probably just tired. He's like, tell him I got COVID. But Mr. President, you just had COVID two weeks ago. Sure, sure. Right, right, right. Well, tell him I got COVID again. I'm the president. If I want to have COVID two times in a row so I don't have to get out of bed or take off my jammies, that's my prerogative. Meanwhile, you have Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan getting her batteries changed. And Kamala Harris, what is she doing? Hang on, let me check. If I had to guess, I would say she's actively trying to expose Joe Biden to monkeypox. You know, she tried COVID. It didn't work. And she's like, what else we got? I feel so bad for her. I really do. Imagine being a healthy, middle-aged woman and knowing that the world would rather a wax figure and a malfunctioning robot being leaders of the country. (laughs) Anything but you. Seriously, that's got to hurt. Now, while we're already in that region, let me tell you about an American rabbi who is fighting Jewish stereotypes via China's version of TikTok. I thought TikTok was Chinese. That's bizarre. Yes, TikTok is a Chinese app that is slowly stealing all our information and our self-respect and dignity. I don't speak for myself. I don't use TikTok. I've never been on TikTok. So I've heard. But the good news is there is a rabbi using it for the benefit of the Jewish people. And that's what I'm talking about. Chabad rabbi, Rabbi Trush, has opened up a TikTok account and is gaining notoriety as being a defender of the Jewish people on TikTok. He speaks fluent Mandarin and has almost 180,000 Chinese followers. Now, Chinese people, as everybody else in the world, well, they're as anti-Semitic as the next. And some of the comments underneath His videos, obviously, are distasteful, calling Jews Wall Street elites, oily people, um, a play on the Chinese characters that spell out the word for Jew. Apparently, in Chinese, Jew and oily people are synonymous. Well, we do eat a lot of fried food, okay, in our defense. It's part of our culture. In any case, not all the comments under the videos are 100% negative. In fact, in recent weeks, the anti-Semitism seems to have quieted down somewhat, So that's a good thing. Jews are always trying to be a light amongst all the nations. And good for this guy who is defending the Jewish people in a language that the Chinese people will understand. I was in China 17 years ago when they opened up their mikvah. It was an amazing experience. I was by the Freundlach family. I got a massage for $17. And considering inflation, I'm seriously thinking of going back to get another massage. Now on the topic of self-care, being that there is going to be a major heat wave in New York for the next few days... I really feel like there should be a support group for people who suffer from heat rashes. You know, we've normalized so many things, therapy and medication, and now it's time for the members of the heat rash community to have their moment. There's nothing to be ashamed about. It's completely natural. When it is very hot outside and you are not slim and your legs make contact, what happens is the sweat gets caught underneath the the skin And the friction creates little blisters, and it's extremely painful. And if you've ever seen a person walking funny on a hot day, you shouldn't laugh at them or judge them. A heat rash is serious business, 
And I, I, I want to offer my support to those of you who've had that experience, who, you know, that you don't see it coming, everything is fine, and then boom, heat rash, it's over. You can't walk straight, you can't think straight, you know, you need to get to CVS, you got to pick up a tube of diaper rash cream, it's embarrassing, you know, and it continues to be something very hush-hush that people just suffer from silently. And I feel like we need to remove the stigma of the heat rash. So I might start a support group, a WhatsApp chat where we can exchange ideas, maybe suggest which shorts work best, and just to offer each other support for that humiliating moment when you realize you can no longer walk anymore and you literally just got to Disney World. Anyways, here are some great tips for staying cool over the next few days, wherever you are, because it's going to be hot everywhere. First of all, you know those gas station ice cream machines? They never have anything kosher, but we always try, right? So just stick your head into one of those. And when anyone asks what the heck you're doing, just say you are looking for kosher ices. It might take a half an hour, but you will find one. Of course, if you live in Israel, you won't have that problem. You'll also have a nice tile floor in your apartment that you could just lie down on like I do when I walk into the house from being out in the heat for a while. I wouldn't recommend doing this in other people's homes unless you know them well. And you know what they say, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, which is what the sign says on my kitchen door that will, God willing, reopen in the winter months. This week's episode of the Weekly Squeeze has been brought to you by Amagids Market. That's www.amagidsmarket.com. Amagids Market, the only Jewish audiobook resource for our community. This is a great resource for teachers, for parents, for after school programs. What could be better than a Jewish audiobook that your kid could listen to and read at the same time? If you have a kid struggling, this is a good option. Otherwise, it's just a great way to entertain your kids and yourself. I just completed a book for a Magid's Market called A Hundred Life Lessons I've Learned So You Don't Have To by Rosalie Zaltzman. It'll be available to download and listen to within the next few days. A great way to spend the Shabbat, a great way to preoccupy your older teens, or get a kid who's not that interested in reading to listen to a full story and perhaps even do a book report on it. His teacher doesn't have to know. I won't tell her if you won't. So check out amagetsmarket.com for Jewish audiobooks. A wonderful way to spend Tish above. There's a great selection of titles ever growing. Use the promo code SQUEEZEBOOKS20 to get 20% off your order and enjoy a digital download of your favorite Jewish books. So the other day I saw a video where two policemen walk into a restaurant up north in Israel and they confront an, an Arab patron who's eating lunch, I suppose, at this restaurant who's wearing a machine gun t-shirt. He's, he's wearing a t-shirt that has a machine gun on the pocket and... Thanks to a new law from the Likud party, an anti-terrorism law, a person shall not wear in public an item of clothing with a painting or photograph that encourages or incites terrorism, murder, killing, violence, or armed struggle. There will be a year in prison. Well, it looks like Israel is finally cracking down on that. They escorted this man out of the restaurant and hopefully will continue to crack down on this trend of Arabs wearing machine gun t-shirts. I actually saw a t-shirt when I was in the recording studio Last month uh, near my house, an Israeli kid was wearing a T-shirt. He was wearing a Magen David kippah, and the T-shirt was a M16, a machine gun, coming out of a Magen David. And I posted it on Twitter, and the response was mm, mostly negative, with the, with the consensus being that people don't feel we need to stoop to their level and use a weapon to show that we are 
fighters and that we are fighting back. We don't fight because we want to. We defend ourselves because we have no choice. It is no pleasure for a mother to know that her son has to carry a machine gun to protect Israel and the citizens living in it. It's just something that we have to do. Now, this summer here in Israel were the Jewish Olympics called the Maccabiah Games. They're held in Israel every year following the Olympics. And for the first time in a long time, we have some very muscular Jews competing for unofficial title of the world's strongest Jew. It's been three decades since weightlifting has been part of the Games, and it is back by popular demand. 17 women and 21 men took part of the competition, hoisting heavy barbells over their heads, the snatch and clean jerk that I discovered when I was in CrossFit for a short amount of time. So the winners are, and and I'm just giving you the heads up, if you run into these people, do not cut them off with your cars or mess with them. These are officially the strongest Jews in the world. And I just want to add something that was beautiful and sentimental. In commemoration of the three weightlifters and one weightlifting coach who were among the 11 Israeli athletes murdered by terrorists at the 1972 Munich Olympics, the organizers placed a poster with the four men's photographs on the right of the stage. Even when it comes to competing for the strongest Jew in the world, we are reminded of the bloodshed and the pain that Israel has suffered, the Jewish people have suffered and continue to suffer because of terrorism. Well, don't mess with these Jews. We have a host of very, very strong, muscly men and women here. So we don't need machine gun t-shirts. We have real muscle. We have Hashem at our side. And these guys. Oh, what are their names? Hang on. (laughs) The winner was a man and a woman. Uh, We have, let's see, Celia Gold of the United States and David Litvinov of Israel. Respect. They took gold in the women's and men's competition. And they are very, very strong. That's right. Okay, speaking of people who are not strong or smart, British rapper Slow Tie apologized for donning an anti-fascist t-shirt with the word destroy above a Nazi swastika during his July 30th performance at the Oceaga Music and Arts Festival in Montreal. I'm sorry to anyone who is offended by me wearing an anti-fascist, anti-regime t-shirt. I was not aware that the swastika would be offensive They call me slow tie because I'm slow in my brain. And although it's only been four days since the concert, um, I did a complete 180. I now stand firmly against anti-Semitism. And I am going to throw that T-shirt in the garbage as soon as I try to sell it on eBay. And yeah, that was his apology. I mean, he should apologize for his music, which is awful. But I guess that's, you know, between him and the 14 people that came to his concert. But so what? This is Twitter. You know, the friends of the Simon Weisenthal Center were there and they tweeted it out. So now you're famous for being slow in your brain and a terrible singer. Now, I have a sister who doesn't listen to the news, read the news or care what's going on in the world. She's just like, I can't fix it. I can't control it. Why do I need to take in all this negative energy? And I, I, I totally can understand her, especially when there are people putting out articles like the following one. What are we supposed to do about this? I mean, how am I, I... I don't even know what to do with this information besides get back into bed. Scientists are warning that the Earth is spinning faster than normal, and this change could have a detrimental impact on technology, especially computer networks. The seemingly minute change has left scientists scratching their heads. So you're scratching your heads, but you're giving me the information. Kilo, I could do anything about it. Basically, 
The world is now spinning faster than it was 100 years ago. And the practical implication is that if the Earth's rotation continues to increase, atomic clocks may need to be adjusted by removing one second. If Earth's fast rotation continues, it could lead to the introduction of the first ever negative leap second, says astrophysicist Graham Jones to timeanddate.com. I did not know timeanddate.com was a website. Time and date. Is that for like when you don't know the time or date? And date.com. Let's just see what the situation here and what service they provide. Yeah, it tells you what time it is. And that's pretty much it. So before you panic, basically, over long periods, the Earth's spin is slowing. Okay, so every century, the Earth takes a couple of milliseconds or so longer to complete one rotation. Now, I'm one of those people who doesn't understand what's rotating around what. This one's moving to the right, this one's moving to the left. At the same time, everything is moving around each other, and then you throw in the moon, and then there's the sun and different calendars and the leap year and daylight saving time, and then upstate New York, the camps change the time. Everything, I just I just gave up. Like, I always tell people, if you need something, if we have a Zoom appointment, let me know an hour before. That's it. Everything in life is let me know an hour before. And if you're one of those people who's always on time and you have everything in your calendar and your alarm is going off and everything is scheduled, well, you should just know, you don't even know if you're exactly on time anyway. You could be a millisecond off because the whole planet is rotating slower than it did yesterday. So... Yeah. Speaking of rotating, oh my gosh, I am so good at this. NBA star Joel Embiid goes viral for dancing the horror at a Jewish friend's wedding. NBA star Joel Embiid, with two eyes. He's an enormous man, seven feet tall, 280 pounds. He was dancing the horror in Napa, California for Michael Ratner, the filmmaker. Um, he was at a party. I'm assuming this was a wedding. Yes, this was a wedding. And lo and behold, there is a seven feet tall, 300-pound black dude dancing in the middle with all these white Ashkenazi Jews who are singing and dancing the horror. <laughs> this is so dorky. Oh, my gosh. No wonder nobody likes the Jews. This is this is awful. This is – I don't know why people are still playing the horror at weddings. Like, has nobody heard of Mordechai Shapiro? Seriously. Anyways, maybe he was busy that night performing somewhere else, like Panama, which, by the way, kosher food update you can now get – Kosher coffee at two fully kosher coffee bean and tea leaf locations in the Panama airport. As of August 15th, there will be a crispy cream with kosher items that will be labeled clearly as being under the hashkacha of Shevet Achim. I don't know if those are Chalvi Stroll. I don't think they are. But you can now get kosher coffee in Panama where, by the way, Beryl Solomon is. That's cool. He's working over there making millions of dollars, giving lots of charity. So if you're headed to that neck of the woods, you can now get a decent cup of kosher coffee on your tropical vacation. All right, moving right along, a massive mazel tov to Nisan Black on the upsharnish of his little boy, Shimon Mayer. He took him to see his Rav, Rav Arush. Nisim is a Breslov Chassid. His daughters have been in my recording studio. They've, they're in camp with my girls. Fantastic people. Mazel tov to Nisim for being a wonderful example of what Yiddishkeit looks like, and to this little mini-me, Shimon, on his birthday. I hope they had some yummy treats. Maybe they had this new marshmallow limited edition Coca-Cola. No, it's not marshmallow flavored. It's Avatiach Tut, strawberry, strawberry watermelon soda, limited edition. It's Coke Zero, 
only available in Israel. It's a white can with a white cover. And yeah, one more reason to wish you were in Israel right about now. Another reason to wish you were in Israel is because you could have been at the Arizal's 45th, I'm sorry, the Arizal's 450th yard site in Tzvass. I know my husband was about to start panicking. Doesn't she know? No, I don't know. Okay. I, I went to school and we learned in French and I missed a couple of things. Anyway, as a Lubavitcher, I daven nosachari. In our house, we have sederim of every type and stripe because my husband davens one nosach, my girls daven another nosach, and I daven yet another nosach. So we have lots of sederim, lots of benchers. But for those who daven nosachari, there were 10,000 meals served in a luxurious tent to mark the yard site of the Arizal, a huge video screen projecting videos of the Rebbe speaking about the great significance of the day and the importance of studying Pneumius Hatira. It was the 450th Hilula of the Arizal. It included an elegant and special Tyra completion ceremony. Wow, beautiful, very nice. It's always nice to see Jewish people celebrating the things that are meaningful and valuable as far as tradition and heritage and culture and Jewish history goes. Now, if you feel like you didn't get enough laughs in from today's episode, might I suggest you listen to the Shmuel Tenant House podcast. I did a quick interview with my first cousin, a genius and hilarious comedian in his own right. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. While you're down in the show notes, just leave a five-star rating. Drop a comment. This is from Music Mama Friend. Thank you for spreading news with lightness and laughter, a combo that's not common at all. Kolakavod. You're very, very welcome. Have a good Shabbos and an easy fast, all of you, and we will see you next week.